as we've been reading through the New Testament through this whole year, we come to the last several books. This week we read, uh, if you're reading along, we read in 1 John, and uh, over the next week we'll read 2 John and 3 John and Jude and and launch into uh, the book of uh, Revelation. And so we begin the book of Revelation uh, during the season of Advent. It's so cool how it works. I, I look forward to sharing that with you in the, in the coming weeks as we go through. Um, how is it that, that God uses uh, the whole of Scripture to bring us to this culmination that really starts at the birth of Christ and is culminated in uh, that uh, book of Revelation in the new heaven and the new earth? We'll share it with you starting next week. But this week we're in 1 John, and I wanted to read from 1 John, uh, the first chapter, Just verses 1 to 4. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Now, let me pause there because when when John refers to word, you might remember that in his gospel, in the, the gospel according to John, he opens with these words, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So he begins talking about Jesus as the word of God. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the service. So he's saying in this opening uh, verse, he's saying that we've seen him, we've touched him, we know about him. This life, verse two, this life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And let me back up again, another explanation. Uh, It says in there, so that our joy may be complete. But experts disagree on the proper translation of that sentence. It could easily and properly be translated so that your joy may be complete. I wanted to be faithful to uh, the writers of this particular translation in reading it that way. But to mention that I think this is a letter, so I think the letter is written so that your joy may be complete, not the joy of John the writer and the people that surrounded him. So uh, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a, a, a little exercise maybe you've uh, engaged in before. I think it's, uh, it's worth our uh, effort to uh, at least consider. And um, uh, it goes like this. Simply imagine this. What if you woke up tomorrow and everything you failed to give thanks for was gone. Think on that for a moment. What if you woke up tomorrow and everything you failed to give thanks for was gone? And I'd say everything you failed to give God thanks for was gone. Now when I think of this exercise, I immediately first flash to things. I said everything that uh, uh, you failed to give thanks for. And so I think of stuff and I think of first my phone. I'm so thankful for my phone. I'm really thankful. I was really thankful for my phone during the first service as people are watching me texting. I'm, you know, in the first service, I sit here while Greg does the liturgy, right? Pastor Greg's up here, and I'm, and I'm texting, and I'm thinking, oh, how many people are going to just really hate that? Uh, texting during worship, because you wouldn't do that. Um, so I'm texting 
Beth, my assistant, to tell her that I forgot my bulletin and the notes I have on it sitting on my desk. Would you please bring them to me? And uh, a few minutes later, uh, they show up at, in my hands. And uh, so I'm thankful for the phone. I'm thankful for, uh, for the staff. I, I, I'm so thankful for the staff that we have, especially for our administrative staff. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, we, we have a, a, a wonderful, great copier, but in order to operate it, you have to be smarter than it. And um, so yesterday, it's a color copier. I love color copies. How cool is that? We can make color copies. You have a bulletin because we can make color copies. How cool is that? How wonderful is that? Except when you have a color page and you have to make a copy of it, you put it on the machine, you hit a button, up pops a screen, it wants to know your code. I know the code. I dialed it in and could only print in black and white. So I'm thankful for people that know how to run those machines um, uh, that get me out of a jam from time to time. I'm thankful that we have a staff, but not just the administrative staff. I'm thankful for all the staff. I'm thankful for the, the people on staff that handle children's ministry that are working with your kids right now and, and the youth ministry. And I mean, wasn't it, we got, had them both in this service. If you were late today, you missed out. Had the youngest kids down here, and after they got done singing, we had the, the, the youth choir up here, and it was great. It was, it was worth your time to get up earlier, show up on time. We put those things at the beginning for a reason, because we think it's worth starting at 10, 30, on time. Anyway... But I'm thankful for the whole staff. We've got a wonderful staff here. And, and, and you know, as I, as I think about those, those other things I'm thankful for, and I, 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 they just start flooding my mind. It's not just the things that I'm thankful for, the stuff that I have, but the people that are around me. I'm, I'm thankful for the church, um, not just this church, but the church universal. You know, when we, when we talk about church theologians, when we write about church, we put a capital C when we mean the church universal. I'm thankful for the church universal, for, for the way that God is revealed in the activities and the ministries of the church. But I'm also thankful for this church because you provide for me a, a, a place, a home to, 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 for my ministry to live. And, and I hope that you're thankful too for this church, that, that there's, a, there's a place for you here. There's an opportunity for you here to, to live out the gifts and graces that God gave you, to live out the ministries that God gave you to do because of the, God, the way God created you. God created you for a purpose, for a reason, for a ministry for a difference to make in the life of others so that they could be thankful for the church as well. And I'm thankful for the, all of that. I'm thankful for all that the, the church provides me. Um, you know, I, I've got a wonderful income. I've got a house that I get to live in. I can, I, 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 you know, over the last six churches, I've raised my family in church houses. Uh, and, and I'm thankful for all those churches and the homes you've provided. And as long as I'm thinking about it, I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for my wife, Nancy. I'm thankful for, for my children, mostly because they give me grandchildren. I'm thankful for them. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? What are those things that, that if you thought about it, if you, if you had to uh, uh, bring to mind those things to make sure you gave God thanks tonight so you don't wake up tomorrow without them, what would it be? And what if you woke up tomorrow to give thanks for all the wondrous things God had given you and it looked like this guy on the video? I'm alive! I'm alive! 
you the power works. It's coming. It goes on and off. Whatever we want. <laughs> We've got clean water. Oh, that's great. Look at that. Ooh. I bet I know what this does. Rain down the glorious water. Ah, shoes. Oh, what do we got here, guys? Food. Mm, I love food. A beef beef? You can't have work? This is awesome. Come on, listen here. Dee, the what? John, be careful. Oh, I have a car. Did you guys see this? Yeah, you have a car. Oh a car. <laughs> and don't forget your coffee. You're the best. <laughs> I'm thankful for the church we ripped that off of. I mean, borrowed that from. Even though they posted a Christmas video before Thanksgiving, if Walgreens can set up Christmas before Halloween, why not the church? I'm thankful for things like that. Did you know, though, that um, there's a benefit to thankfulness? There is. There's a benefit to living a thankful life. I, I, you know, I always love when, when, uh, uh, when we find out new things about how God created us. I, you know, people might think of science and they go, you know, that's, that, we don't need God because science explains everything we need to know. And I say, no, science explains the beauty of what God has done. God created us that when we're thankful, there's a positive thing that happens in our life. Um, in in uh, Psychology Today, there was a, an article uh, on their website. It's on the web. It must be right. Um, but I think Psychology Today is maybe a, a, a website we can trust. But they, they put up seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. Gratitude, Thanksgiving, I think those are the same thing. Uh, we talk about Thanksgiving this time of year because of the holiday, but, but gratitude, having a life that is thankful. First of all, it said that gratitude opens the door to more relationships. It didn't explain that one too well. I think what it means is that if you live a life that's thankful, if you live a life that, that seeks to thank others, that, that maybe it broadens your opportunity to be in relationship with more people. People want to be around thankful people, I think. People gravitate toward thankful people. I think uh, it also said that gratitude improves physical health. And then it said that gratitude improves psychological health. What we find out is that, that when I went through that whole litany of thanksgiving I just did, you know, the, all the things I'm thankful for, uh, and, and as I listed all those things I'm thankful for, hey, wait a minute, I, I, I had something in mind. Where's Zach? Zach, there's Zach. Zach, stand up and wave. Is Laura with you? Oh, Laura, please come to the sanctuary. <laughs> She's going to hate me. Hey, uh, so next week, this time, they won't be so far apart because they'll be Mr. and Mrs. Davis.
And I'm thankful for marriage. So as I was going through that whole litany of, of thankfulness and forgot to insert that one in, um, as I'm going through that, even though I did it at the last service, and even though I rehearsed it twice before the first service, still, as I'm going through it in this service, I can feel that uplifting, sense of uplifting. What, what science tells us is that when you're thankful, when you go through an exercise of thankfulness, serotonin and dopamine get into your brain. Have no idea what that means, but it's supposed to be a good thing. Some of you doctors and science type people could tell me later, but, but those chemicals are released in your brain when you live a life of thankfulness. It helps you psychologically. I know a little bit about the serotonin thing because I know that people who are depressed are often put on a drug that is an SSRI, and part of that means serotonin replacement. It helps the serotonin in your brain. It's a good thing. So if you're depressed, see a psychologist as you need to, but also give thanks. Because it helps. It helps. It, 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 it improves your psychological health. It, it, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Last, a couple of weeks ago, my, my sister, God bless her, one sister posted something on Facebook that she knew would upset the other sister. I mean, she had to know. I mean, she, she's known her all her life. She had to know. And the good news is that the two sisters didn't fight over it. The bad news is their children went to war with each other. Now, I just wish my sisters would have said, hey, I'm thankful for you. See what their kids do with that. And maybe there'd be less aggression. Maybe that should be a lesson for each of us when it comes to social media. Grateful people sleep better, so you should count your blessings instead of counting sheep, unless you own sheep, and that's a blessing, and you know how that goes. Gratitude increases mental strength, and gratitude improves self-esteem. Now, I am on a one-man crusade to rid our lives of self-esteem. I think that is misguided, especially for people who follow Jesus Christ. I think the idea of self-esteem is a, a, uh, the beginning of a spiral that you can't get out of. I mean, think of this, um, if you have low self-esteem and you use yourself to build your esteem, it's not going to work. I mean, the idea that you would look in the mirror and go, boy, I like that. And then you go, I really don't and your esteem drops. Or if you use other people, and let's face it, we're not reliable. So if you depend on other people to build your esteem, and other people are not reliable, because we're, we're fallible, we're not perfect. But what if you use God esteem? I've talked about this before. What if, what if, you, what if you, you searched out God esteem? What if you were thankful to God for all that God has done? What if your life of thankfulness was, was God for all that you've given me? For the fact, so here's, here's, the, here's the reality. I, I know that as I try to build up myself, I know that one day I'll be right here, laying down flat in a box. And my esteem is fleeting for however many years God gives me and they close the lid. My esteem is fleeting, but what if my esteem is based on the one who is eternal, who created and created you, 
and loved you enough to send his son to die for your sake? What if your esteem is based on a God who seeks you out when you're lost? Who looks to enter into your life to change it forever, change it for good? What if your esteem is based on that? And what if you give God thanks for your salvation and your eternal security in his home? That ought to build your esteem, a God esteem. Thankfulness is a healthy way to live. Not only healthy, I, I, think, I think it gets to the root, it, it moves us to the root of, of all things that are important in life. As I think about, you know, someday I'll lie in that box and, and, and I'll begin to think about as I get closer to that date, hopefully I've I got a little bit of time, but as I get closer to that date, I start reflecting. And I, I, I've had this experience with people who are older, who are moving closer or maybe even been, um, been given a diagnosis and said, you're moving toward the end. And life changes for them. Perspective on life, what's important in life changes. There's a... There's a, a, a person I follow on Twitter, he's a, a, pediatric, uh, a, a pediatrician who happens to work with terminal pediatric patients, offering palliative care and, and you know, that end-of-life care. And he, and he did kind of an informal survey of his patients, children and, and, uh, and teens, asking them, um, what gives life meaning? And first of all, he said that none of them wish they had watched more TV. None say, said they should have uh, spent more time on Facebook or social media, I'm sure. None said they enjoyed fighting with others. None enjoyed the hospital, as you could imagine. Many of them mentioned their pets. <laughs> Many of you love your pets dearly. I get that. Those of you, I, my uh, uh, Nancy's uh, brother and sister-in-law just had to put down their dog yesterday. And that dog was nuts, but they love that dog to death. Some of you love your dogs more than your children, I know. Some of you, their dogs give you a greater reason to be loved. <laughs> Many of them mentioned their parents, often expressing worry or concern. I hope mom will be okay. She seems sad. Dad mustn't worry. He'll see me again soon. God will take care of mom and dad when I'm gone. All of them, by the way, loved ice cream. All of them loved books or being told stories. Harry Potter made me feel brave. I love stories about space. I'd like to be a good detective like Sherlock Holmes. Many wish they had spent less time worrying about what others thought. My real friends didn't care when my hair fell out. Jane came and visited me and didn't even notice the scar. Many of them mentioned swimming or the beach and they all mentioned kindness as a virtue. And almost all of them loved people who made them laugh. The magician is so silly, one of them said. My daddy pulls funny faces, which I just love. And the boy in the next bed farted. <laughs> uh, 
uh, all of them, though, valued time with their family. Nothing was more important. Mom and dad are the best. My sister always hugs me tight. No one loves me like mommy loves me. Thankfulness, a life of gratitude, brings to mind what's really important. I mean, I, I don't think I could seriously pray a prayer that says, God, thank you for the iPhone. <laughs> but I could thank God for family and friends and coworkers, for the relationships built and the ones yet to come. You know, as I read in the book of John, and then John's letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, John doesn't say thank you in those books. He doesn't thank God in those books. What John does instead is give us the reason for thanks and then a follow-up to what we do. You see, for John, thanks, uh, as he presents the gospel to us, thanks is, is just the first step in a process of thankfulness. John presents these with, with an eye toward these, these things about God, with an eye toward giving thanks. He, he presents us a, a, a clear understanding of God's grace. I love it. Nancy and I go on vacation. Every other year we go to a place down in, in uh, Mexico in Cancun that we, we have come to just love, and it's a great place to relax. And, and when you're there, um, of course, they speak Spanish there, and I speak almost none. Um, uh, somebody reminded me it's not only one word I know, but two, the second being baños. Um, that means bathroom, for those of you not unsure. Uh, so... Um, when, when you're at the restaurant and the, and the server brings you your food, I, I, you know, because I want to look like I'm really cool, I say, gracias. To which they say, de nada. Now, gracias comes from the, the same root word that grace does, as does gratitude. They all come from the Latin word, gracia, which is gratitude and, and, and grace and, and, and gracias. But it's interesting that, that uh, the follow-up to that, the server's follow-up to that is denata, which means it was nothing. It was nothing. But John is clear. The thanks that we offer is not for nothing. The thanks that we offer is not because God has done nothing, but because of all that God has done. And John was a witness to it. We declare, this is again what I read earlier, we declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our own hands concerning this word of life, Jesus Christ. This life was revealed and, and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father. We give thanks to God because all that God has given to us. That psalm that says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. God's love for you is given in the person of Jesus Christ. All that we have to say, all that we know about God, all that we can put our hands on, the reality of who God is, is shown to us in Jesus Christ, the word. There's a reason why John uses the word, word for Jesus. He uses that because he wants us to understand that everything we could possibly say about God 
is flesh and blood in Jesus Christ. And that's a gift to us. But not only his life, but his death on a cross that takes all our sins to the grave and his resurrection to give us an eternity with God, to build our God esteem, to recognize God not only wants to love you in this life, but forever to come, wants you to be a part of who he is and what he's doing in eternity. John knows this word of God as a gift of love. In 1 John 4.19, it says, We love because he first loved us. We thank God for this grace that God has given us in Jesus Christ by our words as a start. By saying, God, thank you for all that you've done. We do it as a, as, a, as a beginning, but it doesn't end, to end with that because God's example for us in Christ is not only that we give thanks, but we give ourselves as Christ gave himself for us. So there's a step past thankfulness. And maybe this is how thankfulness or gratitude builds greater relationships. Because as we say, as we offer gratitude to others, we not only say thank you, but we offer ourselves as well as a clear sacrifice for all that God has done for us. What are you thankful for? Have you said thank you? And then have you followed through? You know, when I, I was a kid, and I've watched this in parents, and, and I've done it myself, and I've watched it in my own um, uh, grandchildren, as, uh, as you're teaching a child, um, uh, some of the first things you teach children to say is please and thank you, right? And I love it when they get it confused. Somebody gives them something, and they say, what do you say? Please. No, no, the other one. Thank you. Thank you. We teach our children that from the beginning, but it's more than that. It's the next step that we're called on to take, to live a life of gratitude. What are you thankful for? Amen and amen.